and welcome to Entmoot, a Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and you're listening to episode 9 of Entmoot and the second episode as part of my Ardacon trilogy. So Ardacon, if you've missed the previous episodes and uh, you're not aware, is the biggest Lord of the Rings strategy, well, Middle-Earth strategy battle game tournament in the world. Hundreds of players across the globe travelling all the way to Manchester in the UK in order to play toy soldiers with each other. Isn't that fantastic? I love it. And uh, I've had a, and it's a fantastic tournament. I, I went last year, it was brilliant. This year, just as good. So it's going to be amazing. 200 and something plus players uh, in all, all counted. It's It's fantastic. Um, and if you haven't heard the previous episode of the podcast, uh, that was part one of the Articon tournament involving a Green Dragon crossover with Kylie from the Green Dragon storming to victory in the Masters Championship against uh, Jay Clare in the final there. Uh, Jay Clare, of course, who wrote the rules. So she's done fantastically to beat him. Uh, and also featuring Jasmine and my uh, doubles partnership for uh, the first day of the tournament. Three games of doubles, uh, which was good fun. Um, even if we didn't particularly do very well. But this episode is going to be uh, slightly different, to again, to another uh, um, of my Entmute podcasts, because um, A, there's going to be no Riddles of the Dark again. It's going to probably end up being a little bit shorter, I think, uh, than usual podcasts, but uh, we'll see. Um, but also, it's going to... Uh, I'm going to leave all of the main kind of tournament content away for the final part of the trilogy, episode 10, uh, is me tackling the the juggernaut that is Ardacon. So you'll have to find out how I did in an episode or two's, well, an episode's time. But the Green Dragon podcast is a podcast I listen to every time it's out, uh, featuring uh, these Australian uh, Middle-earth strategy battle gamers who uh, who talk about the game, uh, have lots of fun, and uh, have got really interesting strategies and stuff. Um, so it would be kind of rude of me to not uh, talk to them while they're over in the country. They've travelled thousands of miles to be here, so I wanted to follow them through the tournament. So uh, you heard in the last episode I spoke to Green Dragon Kylie about um, her journey through the Masters. This episode, I'm going to be uh, talking to Matt uh, of the Green Dragon fame uh, about his journey through the main event. Now, the intention was to try and catch him after every game, but it just wasn't feasible. Two days of tournaments, um, through four on the first day, two-hour games with very little time in between, um, plus lunch, so only about an hour for lunch, but in reality it was more like half an hour because uh, lots of games were sort of running over and uh, delays were uh, inevitable, really, and just in ironing out a new new system, a new way of uh, doing things. So, um, you know, all credit to, to the, uh, the organisers, I'm sure they'll iron out some of those creases uh, next year. I have no doubt about it. But that did mean that I didn't get as much content because I just couldn't find Matt in a team of uh, a, a tournament of 200 people. So uh, that's the hope. I'm going to be talking with Matt throughout the tournament uh, about uh, his journey through the uh, uh, well through the main event of Ardacom. I'm also going to be delving into some Arda controversy uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, Kylie, you'll hear from Kylie in a few minutes, uh, a few seconds time. Um, and uh, she had uh, from the Green Dragon. She also had a kind of uh, well. There was a lot of a lot of tense tension 
uh, after her match. Uh, but we'll find out a bit more about that later in the podcast and maybe open it up for a discussion with everyone. So you'll also be hearing from uh, Calamedans, a, a guy who I've played before and has been in the podcast. Um, he's a lovely chap and he's uh, an excellent player as well. Um, so we'll be hearing his side of the story as well. So all that coming later on in the podcast. But first, uh, back to the Green Dragons, the Green Dragon crossover, and first finding out what Matt from the Green Dragon podcast has done for the main event of Articon. Plus, a slightly hungover Kylie. You can your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the Raven too comes from the Green Dragon. So, it's day one of the, the main event at Articon, and I'm joined by the Green Dragon team. Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Hey. hey. Yeah, Kylie's feeling a little worse for wear this I, morning. I may have celebrated a bit too much last night. No thanks to to you, Harry. But you know what? It was a good time. It was a good yeah, time. Yeah. Well, like, too good a time. Too good a time. Yeah, but very much too good a time. But we've got a big day ahead of you. I mean, Kylie, you want to be... Uh, Taking on Jay again uh, and doing the doing the whole thing that you, you didn't manage to quite do last time. And Matt, you've got things to prove. Ah, oh, so much to prove. Absolutely, yeah. I'm very keen to crack into the, at least the top ten this year. Hopefully, yeah. yep, that's His the plan. Goal is to get single digits. Nine, single digits. Nine yeah, 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 single digits. That's what I, I want from you, Matty. So I, I just want to uh, quickly, because um, we've been, obviously been hearing Carly and her, her successes. Um, I, Matt, yesterday, are you in doubles? How did that go for you? Uh, look, it was a good warm-up. Uh, it wasn't much more than that. <laughs> we, we didn't have the best list ever, I think. We'd kind of just slapped some stuff together. Uh, and Cameron hadn't gone with the fight six. We had Gilgalad and Durin. And I'd gone, yeah, Hearthguard, because yes. And he had gone, no, no fight six. And I said, why? And we really could have used it, but uh, we ended up with one win, two losses, and an oath in there somewhere. So, yeah, it was an interesting warm-up. It was a good reminder to play to the time, because the time is really crucial at a big tournament like this, and to make sure, you know, you're on top of things, and you know what's happening. And don't let people slow play you. Don't let people um, eat up all of your time. It should be shared equally. Yeah, but as Jeremy said, if, if you're going to call people on slow play, you've got to be playing fast. You've got to set an example yeah. for, for your opponent so that they don't have an excuse to be terrible people. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, Kylie, my vocabulary has shrunk. We'll catch up with you later when you can string a sentence together, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Matt, so because uh, we've heard from Kylie a lot so far um, with the, her, her, her championship, SBG, whatever it is, yep. open stuff. And um, so I'm intrigued, Matt. Uh, what what army are you taking today? You mentioned Hearthguard. Is that the idea? No, this year I am taking High Elves. I have Gilglad myself. So yesterday it was Cameron. Today it's me. I'm taking Gilglad. I've got Kierdan. I've got a captain mounted with all the war gear. And I've got a uh, 15 spear shields with the fight six, mm-hmm. King's Guard, uh, one banner with the same, and uh, a couple of Rivendell Knights with bow and shield. They all have bow, don't they? Oh, a couple of Rivendell Knights with shield, and then another, I want to say, 14 elves with a mix of shield and bow. Right, so you're, you're looking for a front line of, of, of fight five and then a back line of fight six exactly. with some... 
elves and then some Curdan and then some. Right. Or, so, so not not the nature's wrath or wrath of Brunin. No, I decided against that, um, and that was actually before the FAQ came out. I decided that wasn't really the way I wanted to go with it. I love Gilgalad; he's so much fun to use, and I had uh, great success with him at Masters as well, where I ended up actually winning that tournament. Uh, with a very similar list. It was 50 points more in there, so it was just a few extra elves. But uh, yeah, I, I love the list. It's really this fun to why use. why we have high hopes for him, because he's, he's shown that he can actually play now. So we want to see him actually. Well, the 10 years of experience didn't show that. Okay, oh. all right. It was just this one tournament did that. Oh, I can see the, I see this, the, team, the fractures in the team. He's finally, he's finally got a, a, a what's, the, what's the phrase? A nook in, on your belt? He's finally knock, knock, on, yeah. knock on the bedpost. Yeah. 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 Bed. Yeah, a feather in his a real feather in his Broken cap. Cherry, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. You're, right. you're, 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 you're at a point now where we can go. He's really, really good, and not just say it to be nice. Oh. I always thought I was pretty good, but okay, no, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued because, um, yeah, you mentioned lack of uh, lack of wrath and stuff. That's. That's, that's cool. Um, what are you scared of, though? What, what sort of armies do you really not want to play? And maybe even what scenarios are you thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah, struggle with this? Yeah. So the way that the warband composition is, I think the scenarios are going to be the, the biggest factor. Uh, the Maelstrom of Battle scenarios are not going to be great, necessarily. Yeah, because um, you've got to have all your Fight Six yeah. in the Guild Library. Exactly, yeah. So it's not going to be able to create a line as easily. Uh, but I feel like I have ways of mitigating that. Um, Kidan can create his bubble regardless of where he is and just kind of get in the right spot and then the captain can march. Mm. So I have ways of, of sort of working around that. Uh, in terms of stuff that I'm scared of, not a lot, mm. really. I, I feel like Gilglade can take on anything um, and then a fight six line can take on anything. Yeah, so it'll come down, I think, more to if I get out-positioned and if, I, if parts of my army get isolated. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And um, kindly, well, we'll uh, uh, but I think we're focusing on Matt because I know you're you're going to be you're going to be struggling. My, my, <laughs> my ability to think right now, I, I've flipped on the autopilot and I'm like, yep, I'm going to take a nap. Plane, fly yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, what, what's your your list? Because I know you're not taking yeah. exactly what you took no, in SPG no, one. I, I deliberately decided to switch it up just to to make people keep guessing. So I've got the Watcher in the Water. A bunch of goblins incorporating some bat swans, white marauders, you know, some some spattering of prowlers in there with uh, Grubog and Durbers leading the way with a shaman or a captain backing them up. And the same with you. What 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 were you thinking? I'm going to struggle against this. Uh, can I get back to you on that? Because my brain is not firing to the point where I can think on that level. And also, also, uh, sometimes you're saying oh, I'm 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 going to struggle against this. Uh, it's setting yourself up for a fall, right? Yeah, I, there's not much I'm too worried about. I think really big grizzlies, grib, gribblies are going to be a problem because the watcher can kill most things except for other big gribblies. He's not that great at killing other big. So you don't want to be facing like a sarwan or a balrog or a mummock yeah, or something. They would be really. Oh, a mummock wouldn't be too bad. But yes, balrog, balrog, sarwan, dragon, smaug. You know, the 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 three hundred point plus ones. Maybe a Gulliver. Gulliver would be kind of scary too. Yeah. Well, after your success with the, the Gulliver and the, the Masters, I can understand that. So, uh, with, with that, I'll catch up with Matt after every game, ideally. Kylie, at the end of tomorrow. And yeah. then, hopefully, we'll see how it all goes. And...
Good luck for, with Green Dragon. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Harry. Good luck to you, Harry. Too. Oh, thank oh, you. Yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, get oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm I'm taking Jaren Hearthguard, some Vault Wardens. It's gonna yeah, be good fun. It's gonna yeah. be good fun. Just, 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 you know, let your opponent bang their head against the brick wall that is your army. Yeah. That yeah. is exactly the plan. All right, we got ten minutes. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. I'm already late! Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! So, as a follow-up to the Green Dragon uh, crossover for Entmoot and the Green Dragon podcast, uh, talking to Matt again from the Green Dragon, and uh, we missed the first game because uh, I had uh, all kinds of issues in the, the end of my uh, first game. There was a, a bye given, and I got a 12-0 victory, even though I'd lost, and it was all very complicated with judges. So I missed uh, Matt, but you'll hear about that in the main Entmoot podcast. Mm-hmm. But Matt, you've yes. had two games since... Uh, let's just... Could you walk me slowly through each? I mean, we'll have to do a vague summary. Slowly, but, but also very quickly. Yes, right? also yeah, yeah, because okay. we've got to get on to the next yeah, game. No but problem. yeah, Matt, first game, how did it go? All right, so, uh, first game, uh, well, the result straight up was a six-all draw. It was Heirlooms of Ages Past. Uh, I had awful deployment, absolute rubbish, uh, unfortunately, but did manage to grab the Heirloom straight away. So I had the Relic, uh, and I was just trying to defend, 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 and Gilglad ended up going after the Witch King because I just couldn't afford to have him casting spells at me for the whole game. Uh, he went in, he won the fight, he took his rolls, he only did one wound, and the Witch King only passed one of his fates. So if I got one more wound in there, might have completely changed the game. But the next turn, the Witch King turned around and he'd had enough, and he just went hard with the Morgul Blade, took out Gilglad, gone, dead. Ouch! Morgul Blade straight yeah. in the face. Yeah, that's right. So... Not a lot I could do about that, unfortunately. So it ended up just being uh, trying to keep my banner alive, which unfortunately I couldn't do. They ended up um, killing that and just running the heirloom away, which I was able to do, luckily for me. So I got the six points for the heirloom. Uh, he had broken me, he had killed my banner and killed Gilgalad. So a draw to start, a little bit disappointing. I was going to say, were you happy with the result? Because yeah, no. a, a draw is always an odd one to get. I, I definitely could have done some things differently. Um, it's not the worst thing ever. I, I'm glad I didn't lose straight away. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to get some points on the board at least. But it is a little disappointing. Yeah. Like that—that's the reality when you come to a tournament from overseas and and you really want to do well and you don't get a win straight up. It's, yeah. It's, yeah it's, kind of tough but I still feel like I'm in it especially because of my second game ah well a good segue then yeah, so yeah. second game uh, walk us through the scenario on your opponent sure thing. so it was to the death straight matchup uh, and my opponent James Braund had uh, Army of the Dead or the, the Return of the King he's, so, a, he's a, and he's a good player James yes no I've heard and uh, yeah I've, I've heard of James I think from years ago probably for some online forums or something um but yeah, so he had his Army of the Dead, Aragorn and Legolas and the King, uh, and ended up being, uh, he kept Aragorn only one rank back, so I just shot with everything, and I think I took a wound and all his fade off on the first turn. Wow, that's yeah. pretty good going. So straight away, Aragorn was on the back foot, um, and the oath that I'd chosen for this game was to kill Aragorn with Gilgalad. So I'm like, I, I can definitely do it in one go now. Like, I, I, if I get into him, I could do it. And there was a little bit of moving lines around. Uh, he had just marched straight at me. I decided not to just shoot at him because I really wanted that oath. Mm. So Gilglab went in, called a heroic combat. Aragorn struck up, so I ran away. I didn't go into him. 
<laughs> then the next turn, I did the same thing, but he also called heroic combat this time instead of a strike. I won the roll-off. I went in Aragorn. Dead. Got him. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. So my lines had just sort of been curvy. I don't know why I'm doing this visually. Yeah, <laughs> it's not vis- a visual. There's format. lots of gesturing going on. It's 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 a life. I can't help it. It's like a dance. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I had just been curving my lines around Gilglad basically, and and once Aragorn went down, unfortunately, like all the synergy in the army goes. Like there's no banner effect. Uh, there's no real uh, offensive threat in his army anymore. So it ended up just being a clean up, um, and I just took out as many ghosts as I could. Uh, and ended up getting the full points for that one. So it was a 12-0 with the Oath. Wow. So so from a draw first round yeah. to a 12-0 with Oath, are you feeling better about flying from Australia much now? Much better. Much, much better. I think last year I lost my first two games, so I was feeling really down. Uh, this time around I've got some months on the board. I, I'm feeling a lot better. I definitely feel like my top 10 aim is still achievable. Good. Yeah. Right. We'll catch up with you after game number three, hopefully, because we'll have a awesome. bit more time. But uh, I, I realise it, it might feel a bit more sort of see this uh, this podcast because there's so little time between games and uh, there's speakers and stuff going on but but Matt I'm really looking forward to finding out what happens in your next Me game. Me too Harry let's do it let's go on to the next one. Cheers. Right, cheers thank you Cheers. So it's the end of Articon day one well day two Day one of the main yeah. event uh, yeah, let's just work it out We're, it's, it's day one of the main event so we've had four pretty intense games I'd imagine uh, four hours of gaming twelve hours of being here um, it's been a difficult one, and Matt, I, I haven't managed to catch up with you as much as I was hoping. Yeah, um, so, because uh, uh, just because of the time in between games has been so tight, but um, uh, yeah, just give us give us a run through of the last couple of games. What what have you been playing against, and how did it all go? No problem. So I think I've discussed the first two games, so I'll just go for, through the second two. Uh, what was the third one? What was the scenario, Kylie? Uh, contest, contest, contest of champions. Contest, okay, yes. so it was Gilgalad. <laughs> versus versus a troll chieftain. That's right. Okay, memory kicking in. Versus a uh, Mordor army with a troll chieftain, uh, a ring wraith on foot with thirteen will, uh, an extra troll in there, and a taskmaster. So essentially, the elven line went in and did what the elven line does, which is slowly grind down the opponent, uh, kill after kill after kill. Gilglad went. Okay, what can I do here? Uh, I'm going to get a couple of early kills. Went into a couple of black numbs. Bang bang. Proic combat, and then I decided to go into the troll chief, and because I, I thought, you know, maybe I'll get a little bit lucky, maybe this will work out. Uh, did one wound, okay, all right, not too bad. Managed to get him out of there, extracted. Uh, had the option to heroic defense, of course. I've always got a backup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, got him out of there, and then around the side, he just picked off one model per turn. And I was able to shield out the chieftain. I was able to hold off his army from, from doing much at all, really. I just ground him down. And then uh, by the end of it, I can't recall his name. Oh, dear. I'll have to look that one up. But uh, my opponent was unable to uh, do much to my army, like just with his troops. So ended up, uh, the ring wraith was gone. The troll chief ran away once they broke. Uh, and, and that was pretty much it. And I managed to get a 10-0 with my oath. 
Were you happy with that? I mean, because it, it sounded like it's a, a slightly unusual list, maybe, uh, with a, a lot of lot of potentially scary things there. Yeah, uh, Kiran pretty much mitigated the list. Like he he was just great for it because the aura of command let me just charge into the black numb front line, and then the random orcs at the back. Uh, once I cut through, it, it wasn't much of a problem. So yeah, I, honestly, it was the kind of list that I go, yeah, I'm well suited to to play against this. Fantastic. Okay, so that was that was many hours ago now, or it feels like it was. And the, I don't even remember any of it. Yeah. yeah. So. And so what about now? So we've just finished the, the final game. We've got beer in hand. It's all good and we're relaxing finally. Um, how was the final game for you today? Yeah, so this one is fresh in my mind. It's probably the, the best of the four games I played today. Uh, it was uh, capture and control. And I was facing a Moranon horde. So he had an absolute ton of them. I think it was 46 models all up. Uh, the Witch King on Felbeast with the crown. And uh, an extra Ringwraith on foot. And uh, Gurits. So it didn't really help him out in this one, Gurits. But, I mean, three might points is always handy. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, uh, Gilglad ended up transfixed for most of the game. There just wasn't much I could do about it. Uh, once again, Kidan was absolutely fantastic. Both the Aura of Dismay and the Aura of Command came in amazingly handy. Um, and look, long story short, he held all of the objectives for most of the game, except for the middle one. Uh, and then I managed to peel off uh, one of them for my own at the, on the last turn. Turned another one neutral on the last turn, so he held two. And in the very last combat of the game, I killed the Witch King. So it ended up being a four-all draw. Uh, I think I had broken him, and he had only killed three elves. So my army was dominant, but he held position on, on the objectives. So it was really tough. If the game had continued, I think I certainly would have won. Uh, but, yeah, there's nowhere to tell. The game ended. So that, that's always a risk with this one, isn't it? You know, with a one or two, you just don't know. And and it, and it literally, literally, the objectives flip from one to another. So, so throughout the game, so it's it's a, it's a tough one to play. But so does that? I'm losing track now. And what does that bring you to in the end? I am on uh, two wins, two oaths, two draws. Yeah. So no losses. No losses. Undefeated, you might say. Yeah. Well, you certainly were. Someone else who might. Well done, man. I'm 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 actually really really impressed with your progress. And my understanding standing is uh, Nicholas, who I played in that last game, is probably the number one Frenchman at the tournament. So it was it was a very tough opponent. I'm very pleased with how how it went down, honestly. And at that rather annoying point, or although actually a relatively conclusive point, uh, that is where my uh, card ran out of uh, storage uh, for recording audio. So uh, apologies to Matt for cutting the end of your sentence off. But uh, I think we get the gist there. Matt doing very well uh, from the Green Dragon podcast. Two wins, two draws at the end of uh, day one. So uh, a really really decisive. A decisive showcase of his talent, I would argue. Um, so excellent work. Now, that means there's only one more day and only two more games left uh, for the Green Dragon podcast crossover with Entmoot, and also a bit more time to find out a bit more about this Arda controversy, which happened uh, at the end of the day. So, on to day two, and on to Matt's games for day two, and then. Let's delve into some talk about the speed at which we play the games of Middle Earth. (laughs) 
So, in a continuation of the Entmoot Green Dragon crossover, <laughs> we've got Matt uh, from from the Entmoot, uh, from the Green Dragon podcast, of course. <laughs> who knows yeah. anymore? Who well, knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, it's just what so confusing. Yeah, we no just idea. we just can't tell. And um, we didn't manage to catch up with you at lunchtime on yeah. the second day, uh, just because again time. There's so little time. So you want to grab time. some food? We all want to grab food and uh, smash into the next game. But um, so first of all, how did your your first game of today go? Okay, so round five, is that right? Round five, day three of the tournament all up. And I had a, a fantastic shock when I saw that my opponent was Leon Curie, who I'd been chatting with throughout the tournament. He's a uh, famed Green Dragon listener. He posts tons on all of our content. So it was fantastic to both meet him at this tournament and then find out I was playing him in round five. Uh, we were playing in Reconnoiter. Uh, he had dwarves. Advantage, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I, I was feeling pretty good when I saw that across the table. Um, however, he did have a lot of models. He had 40 all up, and I've only got 33 in my list. So I was thinking uh, if he could tie me up and sneak a few down the sides, I could be in some trouble. What kind of dwarves are we talking? Uh, so he had Iron Hills dwarves, and they're actually backed up by uh, just Rivendell bow spears, I think it was, mm. or yeah, something along those lines. So, so it could be quite strong in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but luckily for me, of course, I've got the Fight Six line. So that is uh, definitely very strong against that. So what I ended up doing is uh, holding up the middle of the board, uh, just push through, and then Gilglad, and the captain took a while to come on, actually. Uh, he rolled, I think, three ones in a row. <laughs> but uh, Gilglad, first turn, combat reach, just went in hard, four Iron Dwarves dead, four Iron Hill Dwarves gone. that's tough. Yep. And that's how you got to do it with Gilglad. I, you can't risk going into Dane hard because, like, he can potentially turn around and kill you. So you've got to focus on those troops. And there's not much that takes an Iron Hill Dwarves out quite like Gilgalad. Mm. Gilgalad just eats them up. Yeah, that interest. plus one to wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, so, so you're saying that you, you know, you, you're really glad to meet Leon. Oh, yeah. He's a great listener. Yeah. And, you know, you're glad that you, you managed to get a play with him. But then you're even more happy to smash him smash into him. the ground. Absolutely destroy <laughs> him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, um, he, he was saying after the game, oh, I can't wait for you to tear me apart on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, he, he actually did play it quite well. He had some tricky stuff going around the sides of the crossbows and such. He nearly got an elf cav off and potentially could have won if he had got that off and the game had ended immediately. But I won a priority roll off and that stopped that night. So I was lucky enough to get that. And then uh, it went on for a few more turns. Gilgalag got off. He'd managed to kill four Iron Hills Dwarves from the first turn, another four Elves, Dane, and Biffa. Hmm. He had absolutely torn it up in this game. Um, the captain went in, killed a couple of Iron Hills himself, but then botched horribly, lost his horse. I was hoping for a March late game potentially, but no, he got bogged down, just didn't do much at all. Mm. But the uh, Fight Six line did what it does, and that's just grind away, just get those kills slowly and not lose many models because it just doesn't lose fights. Wow. Yeah. And so what was the score in, the, in your recon uh, then in the end? So it ended up being, I think it was a 10 nil. Because I got the one model off, I'd broken, I'd killed his leader. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? That's, that seems in my head about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And and you got an oath. I might well. have been eight nil actually. Eight nil, eight nil. And yes, and I did get my oath, which was uh, don't lose more than twenty five percent of my army. I believe that was right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good call in that in mm-hmm. that matchup as well because exactly, he's not going to be yeah because well. he's not yeah. And, yeah you're moving stuff off and he's not focusing on killing he's exactly. maybe trying to get around the sides that's a good choice yes, yes. so that brings us to lunch which was probably nice then uh, was, the final yeah. game of the tournament uh, was Lords of Battle which I like I like that as the final game of the tournament yeah, so yeah, it feels scenario. like a good scenario yeah yeah and and uh, who were you against and what uh, happened I was playing Andrew Green and it was somewhat of a mirror match uh, he also had a handful of Kingsguard he had Gilgalad mounted. And he had Elrond as well, rather than my kid and a captain. 
Uh, and it, it was a very strange game because he had a handful of elves shooting at me, but my elves, of course, had the blinding light with Kirdan, mm. and I was shooting like crazy. At one point, I had four rolls to hit, rolled to wound, killed four models. Yeah. So it, that was pretty much how my shooting was going. I knocked out all of his cav before he got to me. Didn't have a single cav. And he That's had, brutal. Yeah, he had five knights and Gilgalad. All the horses were gone. Yeah. So, so that takes away a big advantage. Exactly, already. exactly, yeah. Uh, and But from there, however, because I had I was really going for my oaths, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, my oath in this one was to not take any damage on any of my heroes. Well, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah, yeah. no fate, no wounds, nothing. So Cautious commander, I That's think. it, that's it, that's the one. Uh, so once combat joined, I'm like, yeah, look, I've got a huge numbers advantage now. He's still got some of his bowmen at the back of the board. It's probably like two to one at this point. He's got Gilgalad and, and Elrond, but they're both on foot. I reckon I can take it. I could not take it. That My elves were just dying. They were getting slaughtered. And eventually, I just had to throw Gilgalad in. Uh, and Gilgalad went after Gilgalad, but my Gilgalad was mounted. Mm. Took him down. Yeah, it's a big took swing. him down. Yeah. Yep. So uh, took out Gilgalad, uh, eventually took out Elrond. The game went down to one model left. He had one archer at the back of the board still shooting at me right at the end, <laughs> but he couldn't take any hits on my leaders, luckily enough. So I managed to get away with a 8-1 uh, win. I was broken because mm. the combat just went totally against me. There were about three turns there. I don't think I got more than one or two kills. I guess that's the power of Gilgalad and the heroes. I mean, yeah. Although, yeah, being a cautious commander is worth it in this circumstance, but they just I'm, I'm they're chopped usually, through them. I'm not usually a very cautious commander, so it was a strange situation for me. And, and perhaps, actually, sometimes I think the, the clever thing about the oaths is it, it encourages you to potentially play for different objectives and play in a different way than you might be used to. So yeah. as uh, in this it sounds like you'd usually be throwing Gilgalad in straight mm. In, um, but it's made you play differently and then maybe giving away that one point yeah potentially like it could have cost me um, but you know luckily enough it turned out okay yeah you're right absolutely normally I would be like searching for a way to get a hero kill with him but uh, and normally you go yeah you can turn around and take one hit and he might take a couple of wounds but Gilglad's usually fine I didn't want to take any so I didn't want to go on any heroes so mm. it was I no risk at all and sometimes if you don't take any risk you don't get any reward absolutely yeah. so Matt in the end uh, what, what was your tally? I, I, I'm counting lots mm-hmm, of wins. Mm-hmm. and Lots of wins, yep. yeah. Unfortunately, a couple of draws in there as well. So overall, it was four wins, two draws, and in all four of my wins, I picked up an oath. So I think that uh, ends up at about 160, 160 battle points overall. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and also, importantly, undefeated over the entire tournament. Yeah, well, exactly. entire Masters event. I, you didn't do so great in the doubles from what I remember. No, no, not great in the doubles. But no. hey, you're re- relying on someone else for that, so God. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, Cam, the losses are all on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so you've got, I think you're probably well within a, a chance of being in the top 10 there. Yeah, I, I'm hoping so. Um, I suspect probably 10th to 12th, honestly. Mm. But if I can get around 10th, 9th, I'd be very, very pleased. Uh, and the fact that I've gone through six games undefeated, I, I can't be unhappy about that. Yeah. My, my last 12 singles games at tournaments, I've gone undefeated. So I, it's a pretty good record. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. how, how do you feel about that? I mean, because last time uh, you came to, you know, came all the way from Australia, of course, mm. uh, and it's a difficult journey, especially if you end up not perhaps doing as well as you want. Yeah, um, but yeah. now this time you've you certainly turned it around. Yeah, I think last time around I, I was just knackered. So many new faces. I, I, I know it doesn't seem like it, but I'm a massive introvert. So like seeing meeting so many so many new people was like really overwhelming. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I think maybe that did have a little bit of an effect on me. But this time around, I know a lot more of the faces. I know a lot more of the names. And uh, it was a little bit easier. Still probably drank too much. But I think that's just conventions for you, right? That's what happens. Well, it's, it's all the fun of the fair, really, that's isn't it? it? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. But either way, Matt, it's been fantastic talking to you and following Absolutely. you through the, uh, the tournament. Uh, I think the last thing to find out is how Kylie's fared today. Uh, well, I, I know she was certainly in the top couple of tables. So uh, a tense game by the look of things. But we'll find out in a few minutes' time. For sure. Let's check it out. All right, so um, final, uh, the final chat, uh, the Green Dragon catch-up for the day. Uh, we've talked to Matt, and, and he's done very well with four wins and two draws. Uh, so it just leaves Kylie to keep a track of. And Kylie, uh, the, the today's games, we've got two games, so it should be relatively easy to remember. So let's pull it straight. You've you got the first four games. Yeah. Easy, easy wins. Easy wins, they right? Weren't, they weren't easy wins, <laughs> but actually the, the fourth, the last game of yesterday, I shouldn't have won that. I, I've said that to a few players. Um, and I suppose this is a bit of karma coming back at me. Um, but, yeah, I shouldn't have won that game. My opponent outplayed me. And then on the last turn, he just, he, the dice said no. Mm. So that it was a really well-played Isengard um, list. Some really beautiful spells with uh, Saruman that was just putting me under pressure constantly. It was always at the right target at the right time. So um, I wish I can remember the name. Um we can we can find we, out. We I, can I know find that, out. I know his face uh, as well. I think it was um was it Brian? Brian? I feel like Brian was in there. Damien? I don't. Damien O'Byrne was one of your previous players. I think he he was the third player. Is that right? I, I'm not sure. I'm not anyway, sure. But anyway, anyway, it was anyway. a t- it was a tough matchup on the final. But then yes. this morning, so this morning we had recon, recon, and I was up against the legendary Rohan region. So not the greatest one for recon. Anyway, uh. That game was pretty full on. So, to, for, to, to set the scene, um, Rohan's come on, all onto the board. They burn a bit of might to get on. Uh, they get it back, so they're not too fast. They're literally within 12 inches of my board edge or 15 inches of my board edge on turn two. So, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are fast. And I'm barely forward. But there's this little, like, wall thing. And my opponent has moved in such a way where... He's just outside six inches, so I can't throw throwing weapons and I can't charge. And I'm like, I've got a little secret weapon. I'm going to call the Watcher down. So I called the Watcher down. The Watcher dropped on top of my goblins and pushed my goblins, the two inches they needed, directly towards the Rohan guys that were sitting just out of range before, but are now just in range. Brutal. That's such good. That's uh, that's beautiful tactics. That's what the Watcher's for, I suppose. Yes, it was was a little dirty. I felt dirty doing it, but it was was pretty cute. It was pretty cute. I won the heroic move roll-off, got in, got in, smacked around some Rohan, I will say this, Dern, is it Dern, not Dernhelm, the Darawine yeah. was way past his expiration date. He survived the entire game, even though he was fighting Groblog, a Batswoman, a Prowler for five turns. Ooh. Could not kill him. He, he doesn't have a right defense, does he? He does. Oh, uh, okay, But wow. um, he never called the defense. Oh, okay. I never, yeah, so I just could not kill him. Ended up um, using the um, point of might because I got only one shot with the, the Watcher that turn. Pulled... Uh, Pulled Thaden forward, used the might to turn the three into the four, pulled him into combat, and then just beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, killed Thaden in one turn, and then it was, yeah, it was it was game on from there. Got a cheeky uh, slingshot off with the Warg Marauder up the side of the board. And, you know, once the Warg Marauder gets near the board edge, that's three points. And I'd broken him, so I got the win that way. 
Fantastic. Well, well done on that. Now, on to the last game. Now, I, I sort of was watching over. There was a lot of measuring. There was a TO who brought, was brought in at the end uh, of the yes. game. So uh, let's just start Let's start from the start. It was uh, Lords of Battle. Yeah. And you were playing against Calamedans who had what kind of list? Uh, a Frankenstein, Lake Town, Iron Hills, Elf list. So you had Thrandall with the Kitchen Sink, the Heroic Combating um, Thorin on, on Goat, and he also had a late time militia captain with Alfred, so just a guy to call heroics and stuff. So the game, it's, it's going to be hard for me to put this game in a positive life, I'm, I'm going to say. I ended up losing this game, but not uh, by the way uh, you would expect. So it wasn't because you know I played poorly or got smacked in. We ran out of time. And I suppose this is, I'll take this opportunity to kind of you know share a bit of my grievances about it. Uh, I felt Clown was slow playing. Um, I ha- tried to have a conversation about it. We didn't really get far. I had a chat to James about it because I had a similar experience with Callum last year mm-hmm. uh, trying to qualify into the uh, championship round. And, yeah, it was it was just a bit of a, a really kind of a crappy way to end the tournament where your opponent is not moving fast enough, taking forever to make the decisions. I'm trying to, like, speed the game up and he's constantly calling on every little thing I'm doing. And I'm, I, it got to the point where... You know, I became so overwhelmed. I actually had a panic attack, which mm. is not great. And you know, and, and also it, it takes away more time, which is yeah, annoying. yeah. So I was lucky enough that Sam uh, paused our time, so he gave us an extra ten minutes after the initial time uh, time limit, which did give us an extra turn. But you know, when your army is designed to pick apart your opponent's big stuff and then win the game. Um, time is everything to me mm. time is more precious than everything and i'm trying to play it as fast as i can and after playing nine games previously throughout the weekend uh four on the first day uh uh four on the second day and then uh, another one earlier today with time not becoming an issue both players understand we've got two hours let's play to the time and then coming into my last game and going coming up to a player who doesn't have the clock within interest and in fact it's playing the clock that felt really wrong to me, mm. um, especially because for me personally, as, as a player, how you win is just as important as, win- as, as, as winning. Um, if, you, if you've come into a game and you've won because you clocked out your opponent and got a small lead early, does that tell you that you're a better player than your opponent? Mm. D- is that showing to your opponent that you've outthought them, outmaneuvered them, and, and got a couple of good dice rolls to make your opportunities and stuff that you've created work? And to me in that game with Callum it, it, it didn't like I went as hard as I could but a tricky yeah. question for you though um, I, I've had a quick chat with Callum not on the podcast yet um, he, he, he said that there was some uh, dodgy measuring going on yeah and he, he, no, sa- he said that you were, that. He, he said, that's, that's on me yeah, that's, on, yeah, me. that's on, you. 100% on me 100% on me I was shaking so much with that game that you know, my measuring just became sloppy, and because I'm trying to speed up the game, it makes my measuring sloppy, which then causes Callum to call me on it, mm. which takes more time. And it was just one of those things where every little thing was just adding up and adding up and adding up, and became this great big, you know, rage monster yeah. and stuff. And you know, I'll wear that. You mm. know, my measuring was sloppy that game. That's on me. That's something I need to come go away, mm. fix, and come back in the next the next game. And you know. I'm I'm trying to like just move as 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 fast as I can and just you know and 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 do the thing and when you have your opponent calling on every single little thing you're doing it it really it really hurts mm. and it just makes you more sloppy and 
kind of ends up being a, a bit of a feedback back loop between the two of us, as I said. So, yeah, it's a conversation I think um, as a, a community we're all neither going to have to have about how 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 we deal with time in a game. What is the protocol with it? How are we going to address you know? one player thinking because like apparently uh from what i've i've much hats with the tos and stuff you know um i was moving too fast for callum and callum was moving too slow for me yeah because i so, suppose if in a sense <laughs> if you're moving too fast and um, because you're trying to rush the game potentially you might be making more mistakes as you said and with the yeah. measuring and then that slows down the game but it's it's a hard one to get into because yeah. if if especially this is playing literally for the championship round so i yes, can understand yes. you know I, and i fully understand that mm. and i i fully i fully get the 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 pressure of that game mm. um and i think maybe part of it too might be a bit of a regional thing as well um i know in oz we have massive penalties for players that don't finish games we're talking penalties in upwards of you know cutting your victory points in half for your game so we're used to you know we got two hours. Let's go. We're, we're you know doing small things you know here and there and, and just trying to 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 play out the game like that. And over here, it seems like you know there's a bit more you know taking time and stuff like that. Um, I think ultimately yeah. the solution is to play fewer games but have longer time limits for them. I mean, even having an extra half yeah. an hour for yeah. eight, for, uh, for yeah. you know seven fifty points, two hours can sometimes not be enough. So yeah. uh, you know, even if it's an extra fifteen minutes. Um, but hey, that, that's that's something like you say to for us yeah. all to you know go into yeah. a quiet space and think about carefully. I don't think this is a conversation that as a uh, community should happen right away. I think this is something that we're going to have to like sit down. You know, let the tournament kind of play out over the next. You know, just let it simmer for the next two weeks and then you know have a real talk about you know what are we doing with time how are we managing time what is the etiquette and i think that's really really important the etiquette that as a community we set all right this is how we address time in a game mm-hmm. like and because i'm obviously pushing for you know uh, a kind of a, a a feel where you know you, you're constantly playing at speed and you know for some other people it says well if you're playing uh, at a fast pace it's more likely to make mistakes but for me for at least from where i'm from and how we play thinking quickly and thinking on your feet and you know making decisions and then going with it mm. that's part of the game for us yeah. so you know there's a bit of a awkward thing there when you come here and that's not the same attitude other people's have and yeah i think you know going well, forward yeah. Yeah. Well, it's food for thought, Kylie. Well done on uh, a. You've won the the master, so yes. you can be proud of that. And well, well as, as, got... as I said um, after that, day two and three for me at this convention was just a bit of fun. Yeah. And it wasn't until I kind of got to that last game where I went, oh, I could have another crack at this. Um, but yeah. But so on the hey. on the plus side, um, Jay uh, bottomed out of this as well. So it's not yes. even. So yes. you, you know, maybe next year if you're if you're returning, then maybe it could be another uh, rematch of Jay and Kylie. We'd love well, to see that. We'll I'm sure. see. We'll see. We'll see how we go on Masters first of all. Yeah. So well, you know. either way, it's a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the Green Dragon with yes. Jeremy and everyone. But thank you very much for talking to me yeah, thanks throughout for, the tournament. Thanks for also thanks for doing these uh, podcasts and stuff. Absolutely love what you're doing with the uh, Enmu and stuff, and I. Yeah, look forward to catching up again and playing in another tournament with you. Excellent. Thank you very much. So it was clear after having that conversation with Kylie about her final game of the tournament that uh, I needed to talk to Callum Edens. And obviously Kylie wasn't exactly singing his praises, but it's 
it's worth noting that this is after three 12-hour days of gaming. So um, I just want to kind of colour that uh, first of all and say, you know, I, this was only a few minutes or uh, half an hour or so after the game itself, and it was clearly a very tense game. I, I did have a glance over it a couple of times at Kylie and Callum playing, and there was a TO, Sam Page, that she mentioned there, um, uh, just kind of checking measurements and checking that the guy uh, that both of them were, were kind of playing at, at, at speed or, or you know not playing too fast and uh, so there was a lot of there's a lot of refereeing going on in this game and as I mentioned it's a tense game you know you don't travel across the world to play uh, 200 players uh, in a tournament if you don't want to win so I can understand this tension at the top of this uh, this you know tournament in which uh, Carly had a good chance of making it into the finals and Callum obviously wants to make it into the finals he's a competitive player himself as well uh, so but a lot of things said there in particular the fact that uh, Kylie said that Callum was slow playing her and that you know perhaps she mentioned in between uh, in between games as well about the uh, you know that Callum might have been sort of being a bit distracted and not maybe paying as much attention um, uh, to the game as she would have liked um, and therefore missing measurements and things like that. Um, so uh, all of these quite uh, harsh criticisms potentially or certainly uh, controversial uh, criticisms of Callum's playing style. Uh, and also of potentially what Kylie was saying there about different ways in which different communities play uh, play the game. So I, I thought with with that in mind, it's only right to discuss the matters with Callum himself to get his side of the stories, and then you can uh, make your mind up about what you think uh, about this game. Obviously, neither of us were there watching the game throughout the whole thing um, and certainly if you were in the Articon Hall you'd have heard some uh, tales potentially about it or you know uh, might have seen how intense it got so and uh, you may have seen Kylie as you mentioned had a bit of a panic attack so um, she left the hall um, and you know I think it's only right to then uh, hear both sides of the story so that's exactly what uh, I did I went to have a chat with Callum uh, after the final game so I'm going to start by asking him about the final game um, so we'll do that and then we'll uh, delve into a little bit more about this controversy the Arda controversy Okay, so um, the final round of the tournament we've got the uh, runner-up of SBG's uh, ch- main event basically, uh, Callum Edens and uh, you've been on Moot before you've, uh, you're with a very similar list actually uh, winning Into the Wilderland all those months ago in Bista and so first of all just remind us of the list that you've been taking to the tournament So it's exactly the same list so if you go back to previous Moot <laughs> You can have the whole updated list. <laughs> Although this time I forgot I had Orchrist until my fifth game. Oh, right, okay. And I forgot I had a foreign re-roll on himself until my fourth game. So I've naturally crippled myself because oh. I've not played for a while. Well, so. you haven't played quite a... Yes. But hey, you've, come, you've made it to the final table of a, a tournament with hundreds of players in it. So you've done a cracking job. And it's a, uh, let's do it, it's a kind of an Iron Hills... Uh, Lake Town, uh, Elves, Alliance, basically. Yeah, so it's the Battle of Five Armies is what I tried to do there. It's Green Allies. I enjoy playing it. It plays to the synergies. Mm. I've always tended to play Elves and Dwarves, so I know them very, very well. And, yeah, just it's something I enjoy. Um, in the final game, um, the... the the championship game. Um, what uh, what happened basically? Um, I'm kind of I want to I'm going to talk to the winner of course as well. But yeah. I just want, I want you to get your perspective. Uh, on it. So he's a really good, nice guy actually. I enjoyed that game thoroughly. Um, it was domination. It was a very hard matchup for me because he had Goblin Town, Goblin Mercenaries, a Shade, 
a spider queen, uh, some wag rider, uh, some wags. Um, so he had sixty odd models, I think. Um, he was Red Alliance, but he didn't really care because Shade was the only thing that really affected that. Um, what tended to happen, I think it's a bit strange, for a penultimate title match, it usually goes to natural conclusion. Um, in this situation, I don't know why, it goes to the two-hour round slots, mm. which is a bit strange. So he lost nearly 30 minutes in deployment just for the 60-odd models of the um, Goblin Town, which mm. was a bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, it worked out very close I think he did a lot of damage with the shade um, but at one point I think it went, wrapped around quite heavily because he had no shamans so couldn't get into a lot of combats around the Aura Dismay of Frendril. Um also got Nature's Wrath off which sat a lot of things down Thorin was a hero he killed loads of things uh, Thorin and Frendril managed to kill Goblin King in a turn in the final turn mm. And jump onto the shade. They could have killed the shade for the last turn, but they've already called time, so it's one of those. He lived for that turn. What it came down to was he was a few models off broken. I had broken by one, so literally at my my midline. Um, and he had two objectives to my one objective disputed, I believe, and I had a leader kill. So he came to a 7-2 loss to myself on the final turn. Had I not broken, I think it goes down to 4-2. Had the game continued, I would have whitewashed. And it's one of those. I can't yeah. be so too you, frustrated. Yeah, so you lost lost a lot of time in deployment then, I guess. So Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because when the big heavy hitters are down, like the Goblin King, and there's no might around on the table, you've got like the captain that had like three mites still on the board, and Frender and Foreign, they wouldn't have had to use their might in the final turn to do stuff if you knew it was going to keep going. So at that point, I grind them down, and that's what my list does. But when you've got a horde army like that and the mercenaries just pop up on an objective, it's very hard to win in a space of time. Yeah. And that's where the issue kind of arose. But fair play to him. We didn't have any disputes. Really good game. Yeah. Good amount of banter and stuff like that in it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's the main thing. And the penultimate game that got you into the final um, was a very tense, by the sound of it, slightly op- opposite game. We got the TO over, there was some uh, lots of disputes. Um, I just, I'm just intrigued. Um, it was against Kylie, um, and Kylie was saying, basically, that, you, that you've been slow playing the game. Um, what would you say to that? See, I find this increasingly frustrating and a lot of nonsense, because I played her last year, and she can very much quick play as much as she wants, but at the same time, she will also move models way too far, in which time we'd have to then dispute where the model would have been moved from. Uh, she didn't really tend to check line of sights and things like that for things like charging and shooting. And that's the stuff which I was disputing, and that's what cost time. Mm. So if she was playing appropriately, that's her own fault. That's why it took so long. Mm. And I gave her every inch to a point. And she went and complained about slow playing within two, three turns. Bear in mind, I'm the one that needs to kill her to win. And I, I just don't do that. Um, to which her TO had to come over. And with the TO over there, she pulled him up for even more problems, which I wouldn't have pulled her up on. I would have gave her every inch um, within reason, essentially, mm. which was one of those things which was instant karma, if I'm honest. So, so I, I guess it sounds like, because um, she wanted to finish the game quicker, she was making more mistakes, potentially. Is that, was well, that what you say? The thing is, with wargaming, I, I love it, but I hate the competitive, competitive nature of it when you get to a certain level with certain individuals and players. But when a decision doesn't go your way and it goes to something like a 50-50 roll-off, take it on the chin. 
and that's the same with any sort of position. You might be right, you might be wrong, and we've had some disputed rules, which again has been checked over and stuff, and they've been deemed as wrong in the game, um, which was on my side, so obviously I was the one that got the penalty from that. Um, but don't run off and obviously cause dramas and stuff. The game is a game at the end of the day, and people are here to enjoy it. And to end a well, if that would have been the final game for me, it would have ruined my tournament. Um, so I'm so glad I went on to play a really lovely Polish guy in the final and kind of take something which is huge. I mean, you could argue that she has flown around the world. It's a big deal if someone spent a lot of money flown around the world and, you know, they want to take it competitively. I completely agree, but there's competitive and there's also that point of pushing it too far. And that's when you start trying to get edges which aren't necessarily there. And I play against top players on a regular basis. I know every trick in the book. So you can't really bullshit a bullshitter, really. So it's just one of those things. Um, But, yeah, fair play to her. She came all around the world. I was nothing but lovely to her at the start. And when she got to start more and more RC, then I was just, right, Okay, fine, we'll get the TO involved if you really want to. And we'll see how this game naturally concludes. Uh, But fair play, she won the Masters and things like that. And having played her last year in a similar position where we're fighting for a title spot, I kind of was prepared for it so I didn't go into it thinking you know what I'll give her every opportunity to kind of win this game and be naturally kind of letting her get away with things but uh, this time I was like no if you want to really up your game and try and be overly competitive and try and get every possible benefit from your list and break me down and make complaints and stuff like that and bully people on the on the table essentially then no I won't take that and that's what it comes to well Callum thanks for talking to me sorry to, uh, to sour your end of the tournament no, talking I, about I this I really but... didn't want to talk about it but if people are going to go around there and slate and do all the rest of it and say all this malicious sort of stuff I think it's one of those things which is just sour grapes at the end of the day um, I've been in the tournament scene for donkey's years since the development of GBHL so everybody knows me as a fair player and I've never disputed anything like that before but well, that is what it is Well I, either way thanks very much for talking to me giving your side of the, uh, the, the story and I, it's certainly a debate that might might continue to go on but hopefully uh, you, you've enjoyed it you've come second in the, the oh, biggest uh, tournament in the world so it's great I've not played in a long time and it's nice to say an old dog's still got some new tricks so so there you have it Callum Edens the runner-up of Ardacon this year and uh, well uh, he certainly didn't mince his words talking to Ky- uh, talking about Kylie in uh, his their, their game uh, which obviously caused a little bit of a stir and I think, again, uh, I'll reiterate this at the end of this podcast. Um, Callum had been gaming for 12 hours that day. He'd just finished a, a game against uh, the, the winner, uh, and obviously another tough game, you know, whether he was uh, obviously not as perhaps stressful as the previous one, but worth noting, three days of gaming really takes it out of you. Uh, 12 hours each day, frivolity in between lots of drinks on the Fridays and the Saturday nights so you wake up with a hangover headaches and uh, that can make things uh, exacerbate things perhaps and make you a little bit more short than you might usually be not to say that uh, either were particularly mean and horrible to one another but I think it's just worth noting that you know uh, maybe people didn't have a, a, enough time or much time to cool off uh, as they perhaps maybe would do but anyway uh, it's an interesting debate because it's a debate that I I've seen raging on um, uh, the sort of various Facebook groups for a while about uh, the strategy battle game because some tournaments do uh, have quite a short period of time for a game. Sometimes you do need a lot more time to play uh, to a, you know 800 point or 750 points or whatever it is a game than two hours, um, especially if there are big uh, you know 
tough decisions to be made or there are large numbers of models to be uh, moved around. Um, so it's a tough one. I, I can't speak for how either of the players played in that match. I know I've played um, Callum in the past and he was absolutely fine. You know, he resoundingly destroyed me, but uh, I, I'd never... You know, I, I never would have considered he was slow playing. Um, I've never played Kylie, but I, I, I give her the benefit of the doubt. I think she would probably just wanted to re- resolve that match as quickly as possible um, because uh, perhaps she uh, thought that she would have the advantage if they did finish. And, you know, I, I can understand. And from what it sounds like to me personally, I reckon it sounds like um, Kylie w- wanted to uh, wrap the game up and was moving too quickly and as she f- quite frankly admitted she was making sloppy moves and if you move sloppily then you're going to have TOs calling you uh, over and you're gonna, it's going to exacerbate things and and I can understand that but uh, Kylie raised some interesting points about um, you know how we address time in games and you know what the etiquette is or whether there should be additional rules um, she mentioned that in Australia there, there, there are penalties if you play too slowly or too fast um, and I know this is this is a difficult one because ultimately the game isn't about time it's about uh, you know enjoying it and about having a game of strategy against one another and sometimes uh, a strategy could be to try and speed up the game or it could be to try and slow down the game and in a game where one person's trying to slow it down and the other person's trying to speed it up and it's a game a competitive game for a chance for the title then ultimately that's a difficult decision for a TO it's a difficult decision for the players and and it's going to be causing tension and I, I don't really know how to solve that. There's been talk of you know chess clocks where you tap one side for your times, but obviously that is massively disadvantageous for uh, armies like the one that won, which is a horde army, uh, and great if you're playing heroes. So you know if you say had a 30 minute time limit for all of your moves in the whole game, and you pressed a clock um, to keep track of it. I don't know. Maybe that would work. Maybe it wouldn't. It would be an interesting uh, game to play if if that was the case, because it certainly would add to it but um, out of all of the games at the tournament it didn't happen very often where people were trying to slow down the game or speed up the game if either of those things were true in this instance uh, it seemed like there weren't very many major disputes in any of the games so it's an interesting one and I really don't know the answer to this and I'm sure Kylie and Callum don't know the answer to this and I doubt the the TOs or anyone else for that matter uh, has an answer to this potential issue um, I suggested it earlier, perhaps we need longer games. For 750 points, two hours just isn't enough, um, especially um, you know, especially in a, a tournament in which it takes a lot of time to move around a hall, there are lots of people, you've got to check lists and all, do all this sort of stuff um, and you just want to get going. So maybe maybe two hours isn't long enough, I don't know. Maybe the points limit is too high for two hours, I don't know, uh, certainly for this kind of tournament. But uh, it's it's a question worth asking. Um, how do you feel about uh, slow playing or uh, fast playing? Because in the past, I've been on the receiving end of someone who really wanted to play the game quicker. Um, it wasn't a, a competitive event at all, really. Um, you know, it didn't really bother me whether it went one way or the other, but I did feel under pressure uh, to make decisions quicker, to move my models quicker. And sometimes when you're being told to move things quicker and make it stresses you out, and it becomes more frustrating to play the game and less enjoyable because you're not being able to do what you want to do with models perhaps because you think of it too late or or whatever but then on the other hand 
it's very annoying if you think that the opponent is you know trying to drag it to turn out you know standing and deliberating for five minutes over the placement of a model when you know fully well that if you played two more terms uh, turns you've got another three models to kill break broke them and then suddenly you've got uh, you know you've got the game and i can understand the frustration on both parties here and i really don't know what the answer is um so i hope that this causes a little bit of a debate but i'd like to uh, caveat that with the idea that i really want it to be civil um and you know or i realize that uh, carly and uh, callum weren't exactly uh, the friendliest to one another but I, i'd like to see them you know perhaps if they meet next year if uh, carly returns and callum returns i'd like to see them you know say hello to each other and greet each other with a shake of a hand and think you know what I, I realise what you were, you know, I realise where you were coming from. It's not easy at that level to, uh, uh, you know, of, of competitive gaming to take it on the chin if uh, something's not going your way. Uh, you know, dice, you can curse and so on, that's fine. But when it's something that is like this kind of discussion, this debate, it's there's no simple answer. You know, you can say, yeah, oh, man, I got unlucky and that's, that's rough and I hate it. Um, but when it's a matter of, if you sped up your turns, then I would be able to break you and win the game. Or if you slowed down, then, you know, you'd be making fewer mistakes and, uh, you know, gaining less advantage from those mistakes, you know. And, yeah, I can understand where this is coming from. Uh, so either way, I'm intrigued what you think, but I'd like to um, I'd like to caveat it again. So, you know, feel free to comment on the uh, Facebook page about all this. Um, send me emails or whatever, uh, entmootpodcast at gmail.com about slow playing your experiences of slow playing maybe we continue this in another podcast um i'm interested i'm genuinely interested what you think um my uh, experience is less competitive than perhaps yours uh so who knows who knows but either way keep it civil it's a game after all we're not here necessarily because we want to smash our opponents um we're here because we want to be immersed in the middle earth uh, world we want to play games about it and we want to, uh, you know, have fun with people and have social occasions and, you know, travel across the world to meet people and, uh, you know, meet people who've travelled across the world to that you have something in common with. And I would like everyone to remember that when they're playing at a competitive level. Um, yeah, fine, win the games, try and win, uh, on, and so on. Uh, it's, yeah, it, I guess that's that's pretty much it, really. Just try and enjoy it and try and, you know... Try and be civil, uh, especially if you're commenting about all this and getting into debates. But uh, um, Kylie and Callum, um, lovely people, both of them. Um, although they perhaps had this disagreement this time, I hope that they can reconcile it another time. Uh, in the meantime, that's it for Articon episode two uh, and episode nine of Entmoot podcast. I will return, perhaps not as quickly as uh, with this podcast, I will return for episode 10 in just a few days time i'm going to take a break from editing um, because it's been a slog over the last couple of days doing this um but it'll be a more normal entmoot podcast so there will be riddles in the dark the answer to the previous riddles in the dark question which was in episode seven so head back for that if you want if you missed riddles in the dark where i play a clip you have to guess uh, what movie and uh, sorry a clip from the movies 
and you have to tell me who spoke uh, speaks next in the clip and what they say. Uh, so go back to episode seven for that one if you missed it. Uh, also uh, coming up, we've got the continuation of my slow grow league, which is very exciting. So uh, not too far away for that. Another episode coming up soon. And also it's getting into a, a tournament season for me. I've got a good few uh, tournaments lined up in the next few weeks and months. So loads to come here on the Entmoot podcast. Next time, Articon Part 3, I'll be talking to James Clark, the organiser of the biggest Middle Earth strategy battle game tournament in the world. Uh, we've been hearing all about it um, in the last couple of episodes, so it'll be great to hear about from the organiser. Uh, and also, you'll be able to find out how I fared against 200 players. Well, obviously, not against 200 players. Against six players, but in a field of 200. So, all to play for on next episode of Entmoot. And in the meantime, Buraram. <laughs>